Hello, and thank you for listening. Today's guest is Emily Howell. Emily is a friend of mine who I went to university with, and we studied history. Emily went on to become an English learning language teacher. She speaks fluent Mandarin and now lives in Taiwan, and she's been there about seven years, I think. Um, she shares her experiences as a Canadian in Taiwan and being uh, noticeably different, of course, and talks about that as well as getting to learn the culture and the difficulties of, of being, being an outsider and trying to develop these relationships. She also talks about what it's been like to live in Taiwan during the pandemic, as well as some of the things that Taiwan has been doing to keep their numbers low, which I found quite fascinating. And uh, I don't think it would ever work here. Uh, she also shares some of the wonderful things about Taiwan and the history of this nation that she now calls home. So I hope you enjoy and thank you for listening. Uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. This is an open mind. And you're listening to I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. Hello, how's it going, Emily? Hey, it's yeah. going well. How are you? I well, I'm good. I mean, we were talking for about 15 minutes before this, but uh, right. it's just pre-gaming. <laughs> exactly, pre-gaming. So, um, I, I do a little intro before, but uh, as people will find out, we went to university together, and mm -hmm. we had uh, all kinds of crazy hijinks. Yes, we did. You know, and we were in a lot of same programs together. Yeah, well, we we did history, but you were going to uh, UFE because you were English. You wanted to do the English as a learning language program, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was really great. I did um, a major in English, and I actually almost ended up with a double minor in history, which is funny because I'm really bad with dates. But I also did. I guess technically. It's interesting because in Taiwan, where I live now, we look at the TESOL program a little bit differently, but our university's TESOL program was actually quite extensive. It was like a two-year program. It was very in-depth. So technically, although it's considered a certificate, it's almost close to a diploma. It's almost like a minor in its own sense. So I did TESOL alongside doing my English mine, uh, major. Yeah. So what, what made you want to do Tessel. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Like it's um, in the beginning when I was younger, my parents were like, you're going to be a lawyer and not in the sense of like, I want you to be a lawyer and make money. They just said your personality and your way of being able to kind of get out of trouble and kind of find loopholes when, you know, my parents would say things. Um, they said, oh, you would make a good lawyer. So in my mind, I always thought, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. And for take your kid to work day, I went with my cousin my mom's cousin and she's a judge in Victoria. So right. I went to Victoria and I did that pro like I went with her and I kind of had this like moment in when I was 16 where I just thought, I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to do this. And I had a really great English teacher and she said, what are two things you're really passionate about? And I said, I really like English and I really like Asian culture. And she said, why don't you be an ESL teacher? And I said, that sounds really cool. And then that was it. Hmm. 
So, and then you learned, did you, is it Mandarin that you learned? Yeah, it's actually funny because I learned Mandarin, but no one in Taiwan calls it Mandarin. They just call it Chinese. Okay. Yeah. Because my so understanding, yeah. go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. It's, yeah, because usually in the, in the West, yeah. like in Western cultures, we call it Mandarin and then there's Cantonese. Exactly, but in yeah. the Chinese language, they just say Chinese. And then if they have to further specify, they'll say Mandarin or they'll say Cantonese. But generally when they say Chinese, they're referring to Mandarin. So what's the difference between Mandarin and Cantonese, like in terms of geography, I imagine, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, Mandarin is spoken in Taiwan and China and Cantonese is also spoken in China, but in different provinces. Right. And predominantly in Hong Kong, they speak Cantonese as well, but they do speak Mandarin as well. I've been to Hong Kong three times now, two or three times, and they can, they speak Mandarin. So if you go there, they will, but they predominantly speak Cantonese. Yeah. Sorry, I just turned my phone off here. So the difference between Mandarin and Cantonese is, uh, is that like French is to, to English or is it like more like Portuguese to Spanish? Well, I'm not very good with Portuguese or Spanish, but I would say it's kind of, they might share similar sounds, but mm -hmm. I would say that the sounds are very different. Just like uh, in Taiwan, we have uh, Mandarin, Mandarin Chinese, but we also have Taiwanese. And Taiwanese is very similar to a language which is called uh, Minnanhua, which is uh, actually like a I think it's also referred to as Hokkien and it's like actually spoken in other countries other than Taiwan. So I know they speak it in Malaysia. I'm pretty sure they speak it in Cambodia. They speak it in a lot of languages around like in, in, in Asia. So, but here it has a, it's been kind of like modified slightly. So even though it is like Hokkien, it's like Taiwanese Hokkien. So here, like the elders, like the older generation and especially away from the capital, they speak it more. So if you go to um, like more rural areas or more inland, you will find that most people speak Taiwanese first and then they speak Mandarin second. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, much and information. The sound is different. Yeah. yeah. The sound is very different. So I don't speak Cantonese, but I can give you a difference. So like hello in Chinese, Mandarin Chinese is ni hao. And if you yeah. do it in Cantonese, it's uh, and if you oh. do it in Taiwanese, it's li he. So they're all completely different. Yeah, they, they you might have like in Taiwanese and Mandarin, you will have certain words that are the same and uh, and certain sounds that are similar, but then they also have sounds that are very different, like a sound you would find in Mandarin, but a sound you wouldn't find uh, in Taiwanese and vice versa. So like, I this is an example. So in uh, Mandarin, if I wanted to ask, are you finished eating? Like, are you full? And yes, I'm full. You would say, uh, and you would say, like, are you full? Yeah, I'm full. Mm. But in Taiwanese, it's So the sound is very different, even yeah. though they're both Asian languages spoken in the same country. Yeah. That's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so most people, they learn Mandarin first. And right. then they learn, uh, if they can, they learn Taiwanese. Taiwanese doesn't actually have like a program. You can't really like go to school. There's no like 
really textbooks for it. There's not really like a written language, like a written textbook for it. So when I started learning Taiwanese, and my Taiwanese is not very good, um, I used my Chinese textbook that I had in university in Canada. And I just had a friend and like, I'd be like, what's this word? And I, I, this is the Chinese word. You tell me the Taiwanese. And I just was like, I'll use my own phonetic alphabet. <laughs> and I just had to kind of like write beside it what I thought the equivalent was. Yeah. So when you came to Taiwan, when, when did you move to Taiwan again? Uh, 2012 in August. So it's been, I just passed my eight year anniversary. Wow. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So had you ever been to Taiwan before? Yeah, actually I had. So when I still lived in Canada and mm -hmm. I was going to school to be an ESL teacher, I ended up meeting a Taiwanese boy who had moved to uh, Canada when he was 13, I think. And he was staying with homestays, which is like, you basically have like a sponsor family while you go to school. And then as he got older, his parents actually immigrated. So when I met him, his parents had, I think they had only been there for like a year or two years. And so I started going, uh, I was taking Mandarin in school. And then I had met this boy, not from my university and he was Taiwanese and we had dated for a few, few years. And so we came to mm. Taiwan to meet his extended family because his parents and his brought brother you over lived. here. Yeah. So then we, we went to meet like grandma and grandpa and aunties and uncles and cousins. And I loved it. I was like, I love this place. I want to teach abroad. And he didn't want to move back because in Taiwan, there's a mandatory conscription for all men. And so because he left before the conscription age, <clears throat> sorry, if he moved back, he would have to do his one year mandatory conscription and he didn't want to do that. And so for that and other reasons, we ended up and not working out and we broke up and then I was like well I'm still gonna go so then I just went by myself yeah it uh it, it broke <laughs> up a little bit there no that's awesome so you, you, you need me to say it again <laughs> no, no no that's fine that's fine okay um you come to Taiwan by yourself um how was how was that experience like that must have been oh. overwhelming yeah, um, actually it was. I think I was very like naive and very positive. And so I thought, yeah, everything will work out. And I had, um, I had actually been introduced to a Taiwanese man before I moved here. I had already been in the process of moving. And then my sister who knew that I was moving, she, uh, through a friend of hers, through a coworker, they had um, a Taiwanese a student staying with them and he was going back around the same time so actually I kind of had like a, a friend to help me with the tra transition which was really nice there was a lot of things that they taught me about the culture they took me around to a lot of places and I think yeah it kind of got me on my feet I was lucky for that because I think coming and not having you know any sort of transition phase I think it's hard I think a lot of people just like when you have immigrants from other countries go to Canada they stay in their community bubbles because right. they don't, it's really hard to, I think, immigrate or like, I guess, assimilate in some sense when you don't have someone kind of like holding your hand. Like, I mean, this is a very, um, not, 
homogenous. It's very homogenous. So everyone. Ta Taiwan is, is very. Yeah, Taiwan is homogenous. Right. Very homogenous. Not very multicultural. Right. So I mean, I I get off the plane and I'm this blonde white. Caucasian, yes. you know, and I'm like blue eyes and I'm like, ni hao, like no yeah, one's going to yeah, be yeah. like, oh, here is my new Taiwanese like friend, like no right. one's going to. Yeah. And it's and I didn't really speak the language that well. And also it's interesting, like they don't teach uh, when they teach Mandarin in school, they teach Chinese Mandarin, like from China, the country. Right. And it's different then oh, you would have yeah, it yeah. in Taiwan. Like right. the diff it's almost like a different dialect in the sense, the yeah. way that they pronounce certain things. It's kind of like thinking of I'm learning Texan English versus exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. A Cockney accent, proper British. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah. um, it was, I, I mean, if you say certain things, people will be like, what are you saying? <laughs> like, that's not how we speak here. So there was kind of like a learning curve of having to, even though I knew the language, having to sort of relearn it to how it's spoken here. Because certain things like in China, what we were taught in our textbooks is that when you want, you're at a restaurant and you want a glass of water, you just say, server, bring me a glass of water. And I did that here in like my first month. And I was like, miss, bring yeah. me a glass of water. And my friend's like, they're not a dog. Like how right. can you- You'd be like snapping like, your fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Cause I did, I'm sorry. I, like, uh. I did, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I just yeah. don't know. And they're like, you have to be like, excuse me. Uh, like uh, they, their excuse me is like, well, you say, it's like, I'm embarrassed. Like it's like, I'm mm. so sorry, oh, excuse I like me. That. Uh, if, if, if it's possible, please, can you bring me a glass of water? <laughs> like they're very polite. So right. for me, I was just like, where's my water? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. and, and not knowing. So there was a lot of things I had to relearn, but I think after I was really lucky to have this friend in a sense, because um, I wasn't like stuck in the foreigner bubble. Like I didn't just go seek out any other foreigners. And so all my friends were Taiwanese and, and a lot of them had been abroad. So they spoke English. So I had this sort of like transition phase where I really got to understand the culture and everything. Yeah. So we talk about, and, and you mentioned this before we were recording, mm -hmm. um, you've assimilated into we the yeah. Taiwanese culture, yeah. correct? Uh, as as most as one very white person can. <laughs> yes. yeah. So, was it um, was it hard to be accepted from other people, or what, like what was that like? I think generally Taiwanese people are very kind and they're very curious, and I think there's this um, because it's so homogenous here think there is um, maybe like a lack of understanding about what is appropriate and what is, you know, considered polite or rude. I think because, you know, I, you know, when we're younger, if we ever pointed at someone who looked different from us and we went, mommy, look, we, I mean, we'd get slapped because Canada is so multicultural that um, we're kind of taught from a very young age to just, if you see someone who looks different, you just look and then you don't stare and, and just accept that, yes, there are many different people from me. And that's not taught here because they always just see people who look like themselves. Right. And so it's very common that for when I walk down the street, children just point 
foreigner or they're like I'm it's this it's it's interesting because you know back home uh back in Canada a lot of people will see an Asian person and then they just say oh they're Chinese and here if they see a white person it's like oh they're American they're always ah, American yeah yeah, yeah. Right. they're always yeah, American yeah, yeah yeah so you get like American yeah. and they're like and and some kids are like come look come look 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 come here come here look at the and and it's weird like because I'm just I'm just me and I don't yes. I'm I'm a very kind of, I'm not like super private, but I feel, you know, I've lived here for eight years. I feel very like I'm, I'm Taiwanese in the sense of mm. this is my home and I really resonate with everything here. And so um, I forget sometimes that I look different and cause this is just my home now. Right. right. I don't actively like, I, I actively take part in the Taiwanese culture. So for someone a stranger to point me out it's very uh it's very uncomfortable and right. as and there's sometimes this trope of the angry foreigner and that's because a lot of times it, it happens on the news where they're like oh this foreigner started yelling in a restaurant or on a bus or something and i don't want to cause a scene i don't want to be on the news and so you kind of have to like bite your tongue but it's really hard to like walk around and have people stare at you or what I like to tell my boyfriend it's like um the at any time interview because you'll go up to a, like a shop and you're like oh hey um how much are the zucchinis and they're like oh your Chinese is really good and you're like oh thank you how much are the zucchinis and they're like yeah. how long have you been in Taiwan for and I'm like eight years uh, eight years <laughs> how much are the zucchinis yeah, <laughs> and they're yeah. like oh well are, are yeah, you a teacher yeah. and I'm yeah, like yeah Yes. And I would like to know how much of the zucchinis like, and so like there's this, and then someone else comes and they're like, Oh, like someone standing beside you, another customer looks at the, like, we call them the laoban, the boss. So right. they look at like the clerk and they're like, eh, her Chinese is pretty good. He's like, yeah, she's from, uh, she's from Canada. And like, she's a teacher and she's been here eight years. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Yeah, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know any of you just please. How much of the zucchinis? Yeah. Like, I just, buy a zucchini like i just want to get like, out of here I just, want I, just, to I, I just want to get my groceries and i and um i'll talk to other taiwanese friends and some people get it and some people don't and some will say well they're just curious and i said how often do you go to a dumpling shop and someone asks you you know what your job is and how much money do you make and what's your rent and are you married and it, mm. they're like never and i'm like yeah because they don't really care about you're you're just a normal person and that's great like i just want to be a normal person like I don't want people to see me as some exotic person like I'm just me and I just want to be anonymous I just want to be one with the crowd like but it's it's hard because I find people are curious and I've had this is very rare but I've had people be very aggressive like hi what's your name and I'm like oh sorry I'm a very private person they're like my name is blah 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 what's your name and I'm like I'm sorry. I'm a very private person. They're like, I told you my name. Now you tell me your name. And I'm like, I, I don't want to tell you my name. Right. Like some people are like, I just want to practice my English. And I'm like, Oh, they're speaking you... to you in English. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sometimes yeah. they speak to you in English, but generally I speak to people in Chinese because I right. feel, yes. I feel we're in Taiwan. So let's speak Chinese yeah. and they will see me. And I'll say to them sometimes in Chinese, how do you even know I speak English? What if I'm French? Like, mm -hmm. you don't know, you don't know where I'm from. Right. right? Like, and that's kind of harmful to just assume every, you know, foreign person you see, any non-Asian looking person you see speaks English because they might not. And I'm speaking to you in Mandarin. So 
I don't know. I, it happens too where you'll be in a store and you'll see like a parent like pushing their child and they're like in Chinese, go practice your English, go practice your English. <laughs> I just want to buy a book. Like, please, please. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's very interesting. You're kind of seen as, uh, I look at it here as like in the park, we have like a lot of parks in the city and it's very rare to see a squirrel. And if you see a squirrel, everyone gathers and they take photos. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a squirrel in Taiwan, or I feel like, like a panda at the zoo. Like everyone's like, Ooh, that's really exotic. And you actually, I I've gotten it less recently and it might just be because I have a boyfriend. And when I walk around with him, they kind of are like, okay, don't, don't do that. But, um, in the past I'd have people come up to me and ask me, can I take a photo with you? And I'm like, why? They're like, you're really beautiful. I want to take a photo. And I know they're being polite and I, and they're trying to compliment me. But for me, it's what's the purpose? You're going to go home and be like, look at this like random white. I'm going to add this to my wall of photos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like I'm just going to have this on my phone. Mm -hmm. There's number 13. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like you don't know me like, and Mm -hmm. I've had people say, can I, can I be your friend? Can I add you on this messaging app? And I'm like, "I I don't know you. They're like, I, I don't have any white friends. You could be my first. And I'm like, <laughs> like a collectible. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. It doesn't happen to me as much recently, but maybe because I have this like permanent, like, leave me alone. I just want zucchini's face. I don't right, know. <laughs> right. Well, a, a friend of mine, um, I, I had him on the podcast recently and he's, mm-hmm. he's a black, black person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what you're describing, there's kind of parallels there because he tells me, you know, not a week goes by and he's living in Canada, of course, that he's not reminded that he's different. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, I I would describe it as like an icky feeling. I don't know. It's not like terrible. Like it's not like, Oh, I'm oppressed or anything. And I feel a lot of it's, it's difficult. I feel for me because I'm coming from, I'm Caucasian and there's, there's no skirting around the bush that Caucasians have really had, Um, a lot of privilege, like a ton of privilege in world history. And, you know, in most countries, they're the, they're the majority and they don't really face uh, discrimination. They don't really face like racism or anything like that. And prejudice, they, they kind of, they're on top a lot. And then coming here and not being that, I'm okay with that, but it's kind of, some people say, oh, well, you're Caucasian. You can't experience discrimination because you are the majority. And I don't want to fight with that. I don't want to say, no, no, I'm, no, I'm, you know, but I, I feel like there is a sense of, I'm not the majority now I'm the minority. And I still have to look at it in a way of there are other minorities other than Caucasians in Taiwan and they are treated uh, worse than I am. And it's different. Like the kind of discrimination or the sort of like, I don't want to call it racism because I, I don't know. So for me, it's like, there's like, almost like, do you know the, okay. What is a stereotype of Asians in, in Canada? Can you think of any like stereotypes that Canadians have of Asians? Well, there's, there's lots. You know Can what you I think mean? Of like what, what is the very common stereotype might be that Asians are all good at math. 
and Asians are all like really good students. They can all play so, piano, right? Yeah. Which is a so stereotype. Not all yeah. Asians can play piano, of course. That's right. Yeah. So we have like, it's almost like uh, like a positive discrimination. Although it's not positive, it's like, it's seen as like, oh, it's a compliment though. It's We're the same as saying all- that all, all black people are good uh, athletes. Yeah. That's a stereotype. So, That's a, it, it's yeah, still it racist in a way, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, because then it kind of leads to this weird um, dynamic of, oh, well, I am this culture and I'm not good at the stereotypical thing. And then people are like, well, you're not, you're not a good Asian or you're not what a are, good black person. What are some stereotypical white things? Uh, that, here like, in, in Taiwan? Yeah, I, I just, cause, because cause living here, I don't really, I don't even see what my own stereotypes are. You know oh. what I mean? Yeah. Well, the stereotypes here in Taiwan are that uh, foreigners, like white people, like to party. They like to drink. They're loud. They're very inconsiderate of others. Those are a lot of the stereotypes. And uh, a lot of them will think that they're rich and that they're good looking and that um, I'm trying to think oh, that we all speak English. So I think in some sense, like, I was saying that there's like almost like a positive discrimination, like people discriminate you and treat you differently, but like, oh, like on a yes. pedestal, but yeah. it's still not a good feeling for me. Like, I don't want to be on this pedestal. I don't want to be like, yeah. you're like a, like a nobody celebrity. Like you're a celebrity just because you're white, but no one actually knows who you are yeah. or cares and you who just, you are. You just, you just want to, you know, blend. Blend I in, just, I guess. Yeah. I just want to be me. I just yeah. want to buy zucchinis and not have to, <laughs> right? Like, so I think there's this, um, and then there's also other minorities in Taiwan, like Indonesians and Filipinos, and they're treated very poorly mm. and they're looked down on by a lot of Taiwanese. They're seen like as lesser than. So people will say, oh, you can't be discriminated against as a foreigner because you're treated like in a positive way. Whereas the other minorities are right. treated in a negative way. And I won't disagree. The way that they are treated is way worse than us. But foreigners are still treated as others. And that can be very hard for someone who is immigrating. And I think of it the same way as you might be someone who's from uh, India and you've moved to um, Canada to start a life. And people will look at you, they'll look at the way that you look and the way that you talk and your accent and go, you're foreign. And they say, well, I've been here for 20 years. And they say, it doesn't matter. You're foreign. You look different than me. You're foreign. And you're, you're not Canadian. And it's very frustrating to have someone who has no idea of your documentation just declare because they are of the appearance of the actual majority of the actual citizens that they, a stranger can decide whether you are or aren't. Like for me, I have what's called a Yongzhou Juliozun, which mm-hmm. is a permanent residency card. So for all uh, intents and purposes, I am Taiwanese, except for the fact that I can't vote and I can't have a passport and maybe some other things. But generally, my permanent residency card works the same as a citizenship card. And so uh, for me to get a citizenship card, I would have to... Um, I would have to uh, declare that Canada is no longer my country. Oh, so you can't have multiple. No. That's like, uh, yeah. yeah. You can, if you were born with a Taiwanese, you can get others. But if you want to become Taiwanese and already have others, you have to 
remove those. And for me, it's just not, it just doesn't really make sense for me to give up my Canadian passport and my Canadian citizenship when that could be very beneficial. Like if anything happens, you know, here that is mm. like dangerous and we need to leave or if uh, for children's sake, they can have, um, they can have a multi-citizenship. It just doesn't make sense. But for all the other things, like I have a health card, just like you would back home. I have a, a scooter license. I have a car license. I have everything. I just can't vote and I can't have a passport, which is, I have my own passport, so I don't really need it. The only thing is I can't vote, which is sad because I would, I would like to vote because I feel I'm very involved in the country and I pay really high tax. So mm. I feel like my taxes are very useful for the government. So I would like to be able to be involved, but we'll see how things go in the future. But it is very frustrating to have just a stranger look at you and then say, you're not from here. You, you're never going to be from here. You're not one of us. Yeah. And it, it happens to, sorry, I'll say really quickly. There are foreigners that come here for work and they have children here and their children have grown up in Taiwan and only known Taiwan, but they look white or they look right. black or they look foreign. And they will also be told, Oh, you're, you're not Taiwanese. And they're like, I've lived here my whole life. I speak it fluently. Like this is my whole life. And they'll no. still say, no, you're not based on the way that they look. It, it just makes me think about, uh, visible minorities here in Canada, right? And yeah. the experiences that, that they have. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, in, uh, in Richmond, you have people who uh, are Chinese and have lived there longer than most white people. Like, yeah. like, like five, six generations, right? Yeah. But they're still viewed as others. Right. And that's really unfortunate. And I feel that's something that society needs to work on. That 100%. there's, I understand there's sort of like the, the, the condition of like the human mind to classify and sort things like you are in this group, you are in this group. And you see it when we talk about our friends, we'll be like, oh, I have this one friend and you'll put little yeah, words yeah, there yeah. to kind of describe them. And I think it's sad that I feel that we, we do that. And it happens here too. Like I'll have kids, like, I don't know them, strange random children. And they're young, like I can kind of guess their age being a teacher for so long. So maybe like a, a five-year-old kid will be like, foreigner, and they'll point mm. at me and they'll say it in Chinese. They'll say, Weigoren. And the word Weigoren just means like foreigner. But I think for a lot of foreigners here, we actually feel that is like a derogatory, derogatory word. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. they're not using it as like, oh, uh, like I know someone who is a foreigner. Like it's like, yeah. That's what you and, are. And like, that's all you'll ever yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. It's like an, it's an othering term. And yes. so it's, it's weird. Cause like, I'll say to my friends, I go like, oh yeah, well, I guess we are foreigners, but I don't like it when Taiwanese call me a foreigner. Cause for me, it's like, you're othering me. You're saying I'm not from here. And it's kind of, it, it, I feel like it's almost not fair for me to say like, you can't say it, but I could say it like, right. um, in that sense, because they're not, I don't think necessarily meaning it to other us they're not trying to be rude but it's still a sensitive thing because i think you know you just walk down the street and someone's like you you're foreign and obviously everybody knows who you're talking about like it's not yeah. like oh where, where, where's the foreigner yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh wait me i'm the only white person yeah. here yeah yeah, yeah yeah so when kids do this and they're like foreigner i'll say in chinese i've lived here longer than you 
And then there's because <laughs> they're like, five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're five, and I'm yeah. like, well, I mean, I'm technically more Taiwanese than you are. I've lived right. here longer, and they're like, and you could see this like, yeah, yeah. But their brain's probably like, wait a second, wait a wait, does that? Huh. And then they'll like be like, "Why well, I have a health card?" I'm like, "I also have a health card." And I'm like, "I have a scooter license. Do you have a scooter license?" Yeah. They're like, "No, I don't. I'm I'm only five. And I'm like, "Well, I have a scooter license, and you don't." I have more <laughs> like, freedom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I and I have a job. I make more money. Like, you, what are you doing to society? And they're like, <laughs> "It's funny. Um, I've dated Taiwanese uh, men in the past." Yeah. And uh, a lot of them, when I get this treatment, they kind of brush it off. They're like, oh, it's not a big deal. Don't think too much. This is a common saying in Taiwan. They say, it means don't think too much or like, don't overthink it. And for me, sometimes I feel like it belittles my experience. So now I say, you don't think enough. And so, um, but when I dated these men in the past, yeah. when this happened and people would, I remember I dated this one Taiwanese uh and we uh he really liked camping so we went camping a lot and camping here is like you get like a plot of land and they're all like beside each other in this like nice grassy field so you're you don't have like the trees and the like and the picnic table that every you have like your square and it has like a little post with a um, electrical outlet that you can plug in it's it's very glamping than camping <laughs> anyways we, we would go camping and there would be children and they'd line up around the perimeter of our little campsite, our little square, and just stare and talk about me. And I, I was Whoa. like, I feel like a zoo animal. And then I would tell the boy that I was dating, hey, I'm really uncomfortable. Can you tell them to go, like, go away? And yeah. he would say, well, it's your problem. You tell them to go away. And I said, well, they're not going to listen to me. They obviously don't already. They came listen. here to see me. Yeah, they're like, if I tell them to go away, then I just, they're, I'm the only interaction they've probably ever seen a foreigner. And now this foreigner is being mean to them. Like you as a Taiwanese have to represent and be like, hey, Taiwanese to Taiwanese, you're being rude right now. Like stop gawking at her. And they wouldn't do that. But the current, um, my, my boyfriend now, um, he is Taiwanese, but he does not look stereotypically Taiwanese. I think he has some Aboriginal in both his parents' side. And because of that, it's Aboriginal, like Taiwanese? Yeah, he has um, on his, there's like a few groups of Aborigines. I think there's like 13 colonies. And then there's also a large group that are called the the Hakka. So he has, I think on his mom's side, there's there's a little bit of Hakka. And on his dad's side, there's like Aborigines. And so he has a little bit of a non-standard Taiwanese look. He's still very Asian, but right. he's got a little bit of not the, because the standard look here is actually like Han Chinese because a lot yes. of Chinese fled um, China when the communist Communism. party took over. Yeah. yeah. So there is a very standard, like a Chinese sort of look to people here. And then there is like those who have a little bit of an Aborigines look and there can be a mix because obviously there was marriages and children um, from both sides coming in. So my boyfriend doesn't always necessarily look very uh, standard Taiwanese. And so we might go out somewhere and people are like talking to me like, oh, foreigner, blah, blah. And sometimes they look to my boyfriend and they'll say, where are you from? And he's yeah. from like central Taiwan. So he just says Nantou, which is the central province in Taiwan. And then there's this like, 
because oh, they yeah. basically just told him he was a foreigner and he's right. not. So it's like, it's the equivalent of someone being like, so where are you from? And him being yeah. like, Taipei, right. like straight face, like, what do you want, man? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. That'd be like, like somebody oh. asking me where I'm from and which, you yeah. know what? I, I used to, I, I guess I have a bit of an accent or I don't know, whatever. I just have a funny way of saying things. And people have asked me, where are you from? I'm like, well, I'm from the exotic lands of Surrey, British Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is, this is a very dialect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. However, um, and, and not to speak for other cultures, other people, yeah, but uh, this idea of, you know, you feeling othered and then someone saying, oh, just don't overthink it, right? That would be like me saying to, uh, you know, one of my one of my Asian friends, we're in an all white bar and somebody says something ignorant to them and I'm like, oh man, don't worry about it, right? yeah. I think it's I, that's the that's not the proper response and that's certainly not no. what they're looking for right no I think you're looking to see that your friends are there for you and that they, they care yes. about your feelings whether you think it's a big deal or not because ultimately that interaction is not happening to you it's happening to your friend and I think some people will say like some random person comes up to me and they're like hi how are you and you're like hi and they're like oh where are you from and you might be like a little curt with them like i'm, I'm sorry i don't really share personal yeah. information and some people will say oh they're just they're just curious and i said yeah but it's my personal life and i don't want to answer that and they're and i said you don't understand how many times i've been asked this already today by strangers right mm -hmm. and they're like well they don't know that i'm like yes they don't know that but just because they don't know that doesn't mean that i might already be tired of hearing the same question five times when I'm just trying to, you know, run some errands. Right. Right. I, I, it's like, it feels that sometimes we have to just kind of go along with it and go, well, they have good intentions. So because their intentions are good, you need to answer their questions. And I feel that, no, if you don't want to answer a question, you don't have to, if you don't want to talk to someone, you don't have to. And then it sucks because then you are seen as rude because yes. you're being unresponsive. But at the same time, like no one has, you know, um, like the right of way to my personal information, just because you're polite doesn't mean you have, you know, the right to know whatever you want about me. Right. And, but they feel that way. Like, well, you're a guest here, so I can ask you. And I'm like, well, I'm not a guest. I pay higher tax than you do. Cause we have really high tax for foreigners. So right. For, for Taiwanese, the standard tax is 5%. And for foreigners in the beginning, when you, before you're permanent resident and that you get that after five years of working. So for your first five years, your tax is 18%. Whoa. Yeah, it's high. It's a high tax. So, I mean, we pay in a lot and, and yeah. foreigners also make higher salary because we're kind of seen as like a commodity in the sense that we provide English and that's not something a lot of um, locals can provide right. to the same standard and quality that we can, depending on your teacher, right? So um, because of that, a lot of parents who are wealthy will spend top dollar to have a foreigner teach their children English. Yeah. And so our salary is higher and we have higher tax. So the money we provide is actually right. a lot. So you're ended up paying, getting paid the same because of the high taxes. Uh, no, we still make more. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. and, and, and I've heard this because it's called, uh, um, 
you're teaching the dialect of English. So it's not just yeah. like, hello, how are you? It's like, hey, yeah. how's it going? Kind of thing, right? Because nobody talks, nobody yeah. talks like, I wish that I could go to the store today, right? Like, yeah, like, right. And I really want to go to the store today, right? So right, you right. kind of how to really speak properly. And <laughs> I think somebody was telling me that in, in uh, Dubai, they mm -hmm. would teach uh, to, to like this sheik's family, Hollywood mm -hmm. English, they called it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? Like and then, but, it, but it was like how to properly use language. Yeah. So you can speak authentically, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I met um, one time I was swimming at a university. I was using their pool and I was swimming laps and I was taking a break at the end of the lane and a, a girl, a Taiwanese woman, she was in the lane beside me and she looked at me and she went, how do you do? And yeah. I, I was I was like, I do fine. And then she was kind of, she was kind of like, mm, and I was like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't yeah. have said that. I'm like, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. And you like, yeah. cause I knew she was going from what she had learned, but nobody speaks like that. Yes. We'll be like, Hey, what's up, man? Or, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Or, yeah. and my boyfriend, he actually was in Australia for two years. How's and it going? So he, eh? yeah, 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 yeah. He, he has a lot of, co so he'll say things like no worries, which is something we say, no worries. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, like, how do you know? No worries. I'm like, well, we say that in Canada, too, because you don't say that in Taiwan, even if you've learned English. If someone says like, oh, oh, sorry, I bumped into you and you say, oh, no worries. They're like, sorry, there's no worries. Where are the yeah, worries? Yeah, Why? Yeah, yeah. worries? I didn't what? mean to worry <laughs> like, you. Yeah. yeah, they just like that. Sometimes you don't actually think about like these are like colloquial sayings that we say. And yes. interesting what you said. Uh, in linguistics, like in the study of language, they call that a marked a marked word or a marked phrase, which means that grammatically it's correct, but because it's never spoken really in the language, when someone says it, even though it's not grammatically wrong, it, it sounds it's wrong. wrong. It's it sounds right. weird, and that happens in Taiwan too. Like there's certain things that you might learn in Chinese, like this is a phrase I say, but no one actually says it. Like. Um, there is, unless you're being very formal, when you ask someone's last name, we will just say, Nishinsama, which is like, what are, what's your last name? But in when I learned it, it's like, it's yeah. like, what is your honorable last name? Yeah, but no yeah. one says that. Like, I mean, I guess some people might, but. Get a load of this one over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Honorable sir, what's yeah. your last name? <laughs> so you won't know that because if you're learning from a textbook, I mean, a textbook is always going to teach you the very polite way to speak. They're not going to be like, uh, dialogue one, yo, what's up, man? Yeah. Nothing much. <laughs> like, yes. yeah. You know, like they're always going to teach you formal business English. And, and that's the best way to learn a language is through osmosis in the culture. Yeah. Right? You're in it and you're forced to learn it, right? Yeah, you are. It's yeah. Sink or swim, right? <laughs> yeah. So you, you're living in Taiwan. Yeah. Now, um, this, is, this is a question of the history of the place. So you said your boyfriend, he ha he's indigenous. Like he has indigenous. Uh, he, well, he's not, he's not fully indigenous. There's no. like indigenous parts. Yeah. But yes. I think his family is still In originally blood, yeah. way back from, from China, I'm sure. So when was it that, that China sort of um, really came and took, like what was Taiwan before the Chinese were there? Like, is this oh, going okay. way back or is this? Yeah. So Taiwan's history is really like, uh, like muddy in the sense that it's not very clear because right. how it all happened is kind of, there was a lot of things happening in Taiwan. So long ago, before China was communist, 
and before it was slightly democratic, it was, uh, it was a part of the dynasties. And so the last dynasty was the Qing dynasty. And the Qing dynasty was, um, there was like a young king and his mother, and they weren't doing a very good job of con like taking care of China. And China's quite large. So China <laughs> kept getting attacked. And so when it got attacked, oh, it was just giving away land. It was just giving away land like to try and avoid because multiple countries would attack it at the same time. Right. And it was just so weak that it would just say, okay, take the land, take the land, take yeah. the land. And so Taiwan was a part of China at that time. And then they gave that land to Japan. So Taiwan became okay. Japanese. When, when was about was occupied. this? Uh, I think this was, oh, I'm going to say at the very end of like the 1800s or the okay. beginning of the 1900s. So Taiwan was given to Japan and Japan came and occupied Taiwan for 50 years. So I guess that would be 1895. Okay. Because uh, after the war, World, World War, War II, II. Yeah. Uh, Japan released Taiwan. So what happened is the Qing dynasty had Taiwan as one of their provinces. I don't think they had a lot of like Chinese people there. I think they just kind of said this land is ours and there were Aborigines there. And then they lost it. They gave it away to Japan to kind of appease being attacked. And so then it became Japanese occupied by Japan. It was no longer China's. And then uh, there was an uprising in uh, China and that was uh, for democracy. There was, a, I think he was a doctor and his name was Sun Yat-sen. Yes. His Chinese name, I always forget. So that's not actually what he goes by here. He has a Chinese name and he's kind of known as like uh, the father of China and like the father of democracy. So he kind of led, he went from like province to province and they led an uprising and they took over, they overthrew the Qing dynasty. And the idea was for them to be democratic. So uh, they like, he was first in charge, but he didn't want the position. And then he gave it to someone else. He gave it to, um, I'm going to forget his name. And that's really terrible. He gave it to someone else and that person was in charge. And so that man that was in charge, he was running like the democratic party. Right. And not Mao Zedong. No, 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 no. He's, He's the communist party. He's yeah, communist. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we had the the Democratic Party that was in charge, and then World War II happened. I think, uh, yeah. So I, uh, World War One, and then World War Two, and World War Two was really brutal. Yes. In Asia, well, Nanjing, we, yeah, right. we usually focus on the the Western side, but yes. the Eastern side was really terrible. Like the Japanese were not kind to China when they attacked them, um, and uh, at that time, Taiwan was ruled. It was controlled by Japan. And so what happened is that after the war, um, Japan had to relinquish Taiwan. Right. Now, when they gave Taiwan back, they didn't say we give it back to China. They said we give it back to uh, ROC, the Republic of China. They gave it back to the government, not the land. They gave it back to the government. And then what happened was uh, the after fighting the like fighting the war, the Communist Party attacked the government and overthrew it because they were so weak from mm -hmm. fighting in the like World War II that they ended up losing and they fled to Taiwan. Now, because Taiwan was given back to the ROC and the ROC fled to Taiwan, 
they are who owns Taiwan technically. Although, uh, I mean, there is much debate because you mean that it's originally the Aborigines land and this is another case of Aborigines land being taken. Um, so the CCP, which is the Chinese Communist Party or the POC, the People's Republic of China, they have China, China and Taiwan is Taiwan. Yeah, and mainland so China, are, yeah. Yeah, mainland China. So we are not, we're not the same as them because they own that land and Taiwan was given to this government and this government lives in Taiwan. So it has nothing to do with them. They're a separate government. Like Japan didn't say, oh, I'm giving back Taiwan to the Communist Party of China. They said, I'm giving it back to the Democratic Party of China and the Democratic Party of China is in Taiwan. So there's basically two Chinas right yes, now. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and that's yes. the way that I've understood it because there's communist China, which is mainland China. Yeah. And then there's uh, Taiwan, China, which is, yeah. Did, yeah. yeah. I thought it was the Republic of China, but it's the Democratic. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. Oh, it okay, is. it is. Yeah. ROC. We are yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, Re yeah, yeah, ROC. We're yeah, the Republic yeah. of China, but uh, it's like, a, it's a democracy. So right. uh, basically like, because uh, uh, it's been 70 years now, most mm -hmm people here who have been born here like post-war and everything they just say okay we're just Taiwanese now this is just Taiwan we're gotcha. just Taiwan now we're no longer like there's kind of like the split thought the first thought is we cut ties and we are just our own now we we used to be a part of the group but we lost our land we lost our China and we fled. We don't identify as Chinese anymore. Yeah, they, they are a different. They are different from us. Gotcha. They are their own. They are the communists. They they are like the invaders that took over. Mm -hmm. That's them now. This is us. We the original us. We all came here and we started anew. Right, like like all immigrated here at the same time, and this is now us. So there's this one thought of we're Taiwanese now, and we're Taiwan, and they're they're them. The second thought is, and this is where a lot of controversy comes back about this one China policy, like this one China system, mm -hmm. the Taiwanese, a lot of Taiwanese, especially the older generation feel we lost our land. We lost our China. One day China will come back to us. Not we will go back to China. China will come back to us because we are the original China. They are the, like the, the rebels who took over, but we will get our China. China comes home to us because we are the original China. They are the rebels. They are, you know, the overthrowers. We don't go to them. They come to us. So they have this feeling if the, the Communist Party ever fell, that China would reunify with Taiwan, not Taiwan reunifies with them. They're looking pretty hot though right now, the uh, <laughs> mainland China. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. Is there ever any worry not to freak you out, of course, no, but no, that, no. that mainland China that. might try to... <laughs> Well, um, yeah, it is. Uh, a lot of people are really afraid of that. And a right. lot of people always feel that China is always trying to like scare us because uh, they, I mean, recently there was uh, like planes that flew over China mm -hmm. and they flew over kind of like a military training base. Like flew over, flew over Taiwan. No, no, flew over China. And oh, okay. in China, they have like a military base that is like a replica of Taiwanese cities. Oh, like I see. Cities that they have built for like an invasion as, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And recently, they sent they made like an invasion video. Whoa. And and they sent it to us like we're gonna invade you. And they do a lot of like tactics where they kind of bully us out of things. I don't think a lot of people knew that Taiwan was actually in the United Nations. 
we were originally in the United Nations. Oh, Taiwan was okay. Yeah, and then、um, the United Nations wanted to、uh, kind of have an eye on China, and they asked China to join, and China said no because we're already in it. Taiwan's there, and we're and Taiwan is part of us.、Mm-hmm. And the UN was like, no, Taiwan's their own, and they said we are not joining unless you kick Taiwan out. And so they kicked us out of the UN to allow for China. And because we're not in the UN, we're also not in the WHO, and which caused a lot of problem with COVID because. Uh, Taiwan had a lot of insider information about COVID in the very early days. We knew about COVID in late December, early January, before it kind of became mainspread. Because a lot of、uh, doctors here、um, are colleagues with doctors in China. They、right. either went to the same universities or whatnot, and they were sharing information. Hey, there's this new disease. It's very similar to SARS, but it's worse. Um, you guys, you guys should know about this. And Taiwan tried to take that to the WHO, and they said, "You're not a member. You can't share information." And seriously, asked, yeah. And we asked if we could, you know, send a representative to just watch. They said, "No,、nope, they wouldn't." And we gave them information, and they said, "Thank you," and they did not share it. And the who the the World the Health WHO, Organization yeah, they they barred us from being a part of it, which was very frustrating for us because. We are technically one of the closest countries to China, and you know we also have a lot of our a lot of people are workers in China because it's more profitable sometimes to do work or factory work in China than it is to do here. So,、uh, when we heard about COVID, and it was right before Chinese New Year, and that's like a two week holiday. It's、right. one to two weeks. So. We knew that we were going to have party, all these, yeah. yeah, all these people, like our Taiwanese people, returning home from China from work to come visit family. And Taiwan was really concerned because、um, when SARS happened, which was an outbreak in Hong Kong, no one really helped Taiwan. We were on our own, and I mean, I wasn't there at the time, but Taiwan was on on its own, and SARS. I think only killed about seven hundred or eight hundred people, but Taiwan lost almost a hundred, which is pretty big for the amount. It was like a, a, a seventh or an eighth of the deaths are in Taiwan, and、um, because of that, Taiwan really felt that no one really came to their aid. No one helped them. No one,、uh, you know, set up precautions, and so Taiwan has this mentality of. You know, we're kicked out of the UN for China. We're not in the WHO because of China. The world gets bullied from helping us or recognizing us because of China. So we are going to defend ourselves. We're not going to care about what anyone else says, and we're just going to we're just going to do us. So the WHO is saying you don't need to wear a mask. Masks aren't helpful. And Taiwan goes, no, everyone wears a mask. Everyone wears a mask.、Mm. And、uh, Taiwan, the government, they、um, made a deal with every single mask. Factory, and they said you don't sell privately. We pay you, and you only sell through us. And they rationed the mask. They said use your health card. You can go to the any pharmacy. These are the lineup times. And they said like looking at your health card number. If your last number is an odd, you can go on a Monday, a Wednesday, or a Friday, and everyone can go on Sunday. And if you're an even, you can go on Tuesday, Thursday, or Saturday, and everyone can go on Sunday. And they said. You can see the pharmacies in your area, and everyone will have a different like a、uh, starting time for masks specifically. So, like、right. if you wanted to get something else, you could 
go anytime. So they said, and then you can line up and you can get masks and they're very cheap. They're very like, I think we spend like, it's like a dollar to get like three or something like that. Like it was cheap. Like they don't, they don't overcharge you. They're not trying to like make a buck out of it. Right. And so they were they're just they, trying to organize it. Yeah. They're trying to make sure that yeah. everybody can get masks and they want to make sure and any public transportation uh, they have, you know, there's someone like scanning your temperature when you go into public buildings, everyone has to wear a mask at all times. And it just basically became like, we're not going to, we're not going to shut down the city, but you need to be prepared. If you're not doing your job, we will shut everything down and everyone work together. And I think there's a sense of that. I've noticed that in Taiwan, it's very like um, if you took history, you took Chinese history, there's this filial piety, which is like you are um, tied to your family and you're loyal to them. And there isn't this necessary, the same heightened sense in Canada, in Canada and northern uh, like Western countries, North America, it's about the individual. It's like, I will help the community, but I help myself first. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I help me and I help my family. And if it's possible, I help the community, but I, we come first, we always come yeah. first. And that doesn't happen here in Taiwan. It's the family unit comes first. So people think, okay, I don't want to wear a mask, but if my grandma dies or your grandma dies because of me, then that's, that's not okay. And so everybody, no matter if they like wearing a mask or not, everybody wore a mask. Everybody got a mask. Everyone wore a mask. Um, we still, and, and so Taiwan has done a really good job. We do checks at the airport. Anyone coming in has to quarantine for two weeks and the government provides you food. And, uh, yeah, it's just very coming in and we stopped allowing, I don't know if it's still the same now, but we even stopped allowing transfer flights. We wouldn't even let people transfer in our our airport because we just didn't want any spread and we kind of shut everything down. And that was just due to the fact that we just didn't want to have another SARS. We lost so many people for SARS when it was unnecessary. And and, and you we, guys had to kind of take care of it yourself, right? Yeah. Like nobody and was I doing think, it for you. Yeah. And I think we just thought no one's going to help us. And, and we didn't want to let it get out of hand because once it's out of hand, then, I mean, it's so hard to kind of control. And because we had heard all these things about COVID being so contagious and so hard to you know there's such a large incubation period of you know 14 days so it's usually seven to 14 that's seven days before you feel anything you could be infecting so many people that it's just really hard to control so for taiwan they were just very very strict about their rules and we never had to shut down like new zealand did like new zealand added curfews and shut down businesses we had a rule like if it we had one student in a school who got it and so he went into quarantine and then his friend in the school got it. And then they shut down the whole class. And if it had spread to other classes, they would have shut down the school as well. So we were told as teachers, we had a lot of meetings preparing to go online. We were all ready to go online if it had to happen. And in the end it didn't, but even still now, Taiwan hasn't had any local spread. And this is of what I know um, for like over a hundred days. We haven't oh, had local spread in a very long time. That's we still huge. get Yeah, we still get numbers daily because we have like businessmen coming back from other countries and they but go straight self, into quarantine. Right, yeah, yeah. They yeah. don't even get to go into their own houses to quarantine. They go into government quarantine. It's very controlled. Whoa. Yeah. What does that, that look like, government quarantine? That oh, sounds it's like, like a, a hotel. Prison. They just go into oh, a hotel. Oh, okay. 
It's like a hotel. It's like government uh, sanctioned hotels. Like the government has approved of these hotels because the hotels have to have a certain cleaning standard. Like if you just go into any hotel or an Airbnb or something like that, it's very easy to spread. So they're like, if you, and it's cool. So when in the early days, when they were letting you quarantine at your own house, I had a friend come from Austria. She had lived in Taiwan and done her uh, bachelor's here. And she was looking at master's programs in um, in uh, Europe. So she was there looking at master's program and she's actually from South America and she was going back for the summer and her flight was from Taiwan because all her stuff is here, right? She was living here. And so she asked me, hey, can I stay with you? And I said, okay, uh, you're coming from Austria. And at now the, I think it was below 300 when she left and her area had nothing. And I, we, at, we called the government and we're like, hey, can I have this person stay with us? Is this okay? Ooh, I'm an elementary whoa. school teacher, yeah. right? And the government said, yeah, that's fine. And when she came, they told her to self-monitor, which is just kind of like check your stats, try not to go out too much, but you're not quarantined. And we just asked her, I said, because I'm an elementary school teacher, do you mind if you quarantine? You have your own room, your own bathroom. Yeah. Can you mind quarantining? And because she was staying with us and she said, yeah, that's fine. And then a few days later, the government backdated it and then asked everyone coming from Europe who had come from a certain time to now start quarantining, even though she was not supposed to quarantine. We had already quarantined her. Yeah. So she was in quarantine and she was telling like how it was done is when you get to the airport, you have to give them your phone number. You have to give them your cell right. phone and they track you. Yeah. So if you are at home and your phone is sedentary for too long, they call you. If you turn off your phone, the police show up at the door. No if you, way. Yeah, if you leave, the police come find you. So we had like a story of like a woman. She was like, oh, no one was home and I was hungry. So I just wanted to go to 7-Eleven. And she got fined like, like I don't know, like 15,000 American or something like that. Like, if, like, like one five triple zero. Whoa. Yeah. Holy smokes. Like American dollars because they were like, you are putting the whole community at risk for a snack. She's like, well, I was hungry. I was just going to go there and back. And they're like, no, that's not how it works. Like you wow. are in quarantine. Like they were very strict and they were like, they, they weren't going, Oh, if next time you got to find, they were like, no, fines, 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 fines. Cause they really wanted to deter people from thinking, Oh, I'll just go down the street really quick. No one will notice. Wow. So if you turned off your phone, the police would show up. If you, uh, your phone was sedentary too long during the day, they'd also call you. What if you don't have a phone? You have to. If you don't have a phone, you can't come. You have to. And I know like for Western countries and culture, that's like, whoa, government surveillance. But I think uh, there's, I mean, there's not a 100% trust in any government, but I think for the Taiwanese, they know that the government is not trying to track them in a malicious way. They know that the government is trying to keep them safe. This isn't the secret police. Like this is- We have a population of 23 million and we're about the size of Vancouver Island. So um, yeah, I mean like- Yeah, yeah. If it spreads, it goes fast. It's not like we're all living in like the middle of, you know, Manitoba where everyone's like spread out everywhere. Like it's gonna go and it's gonna go like wildfire. And that's how it happened in Hong Kong with SARS because Mm. Hong Kong is so densely populated. It just- goes it just goes right how, how, how far is hong kong from taiwan oh like an hour flight right so and, and then i it sounds like you, you can go from taiwan to hong kong freely right like yeah yeah well i mean not now but well, no, no no but but before, yeah, before. it was very yeah. like fluid yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very like, easy to go there and back 
like, was it, was it like going from Canada to the United States or was it like going from BC to Alberta kind of thing? Oh, no, we would be more, cause you are, you're, you're switching countries. Exactly. So, oh, so you are switching. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cause Hong Kong is, is a technically yes. is a part of China, yeah. which is, I feel for them because I feel they are their own country. I mean, they had, they, well, they were before history. technically. Yeah. Well, cause they had the British, there was a deal with the British, yes, the British for had them years. for a hundred years. Right. Yeah. And then they had to be given back to China and they were given back to China in, I think the later half of the 1900s. And then yeah. what happened was China slowly tried to like come and take them back. But the thing is Hong Kong is so successful as their own for, yeah. for China. They're capitalist. Try, like, take them and smother them. They're going to yeah. lose what was so great. I was hoping that Hong Kong would gain their independence because I really, I mean, they, they can afford it. I mean, they, they yeah. make the money. Well, so, I mean, you, you look at Hong Kong, Hong Kong is, is like a capitalist country in, yeah, a, communist, very much so. in a communist nation. It doesn't really make any well, sense. One country, right? two but, systems, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Idea. It's like you, you do your own thing, but you give me your money in the end. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all great, but keep making yeah. lots of money. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I, I'm gonna hire you to do the job, and then you pay me. Because <laughs> right. <I got> so, <laughs> so today I was uh, I was driving uh, on the freeway, and I was talking mm -hmm. about this with uh, with the Buddhist uh, reverend, mm -hmm. and there were all these Canadian flags, and it was this mega freedom rally. Like I looked. Oh wow. Yeah, mega freedom rally, and I'm like, freedom oh. rally for Canada. It sounds very Trumpian. And I looked it up. Freedom and it, rally for Canada. Yeah. Canada was, already free? Yeah. I was looking at everybody in the cars. They're all white people, which is oh. not saying all white people are like that or nothing, but it was just very like make Canada great again kind of thing, which is oh. picking up steam here, man. Like, is Canada no longer great? Do they have some problems? Well, uh, there's a lot of hate. You go on the internet. And there's a lot of people that are not fans of Trudeau. Oh, yes. I know that. You know, and like very, very right wing. And it's, yeah, I really think it's growing in Canada. Like, you mm -hmm. know, do you guys talk about like what's going on in the States at all? Probably not. Oh, uh, we talk about the States. We don't really talk about that much of other countries because I think the States is sort of like glorified like it's sort of like ooh, that that like american dream right and they still see that like a lot of people think oh i'm gonna go to college in the states and i'm gonna it's looking more like a nightmare and, right now yeah like and and some of us think like you you know they're kind of like on fire right now right <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of like literally they're burning like they've yeah. got like huge areas of land that are just like ablaze but i think you know the taiwanese kind of they look at I think sometimes they have two two ideas of Trump. One is they look at him as like just an absolute moron who is very comedical to watch. Like they 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 comical to watch. Like they, yeah. they watch him and they're like, look at what this man said. Yeah. And like, look at oh. this orange man, isn't he? Funny? Yeah, look, yeah, like yeah. Oh, what is he it doing? Is, yeah. yeah. And then some people actually like Trump because they feel that Trump is supportive of Taiwan. Like he, he pushes against China. They're like, Oh, someone's finally right. pushing against China. Yeah. He's on our team. And they don't really realize that Trump is just using Taiwan as a bargaining chip. And that if he had to, he would just throw us away. Like he doesn't value Taiwan at all. And so, mm. like I said, like Taiwan in a lot of ways, 
not to steal the conversation. I'm a very big fan of Taiwan. I love it. I, um, I, I get that. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Yeah, we had. Um, so what happened is we got kind of on the ball with COVID and everything has been quite safe here, I said. And, and also too, like Google Maps, you could uh, allow the government to access your Google Maps locations. And what the government would do in the early days is if there was someone who was confirmed, they would back check all the places they went. And then anyone who was in that area at the same time using mm -hmm. Google Maps, they'd send you an alert. And they'd say, you are in the same area as this person who is now tested positive for COVID. Um, please follow the safety recommend recommendations, blah, 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 blah. So for a lot of people, they felt like, yeah, of course I'll turn on like, and they thought uh, also if I get it, I want the government to be able to help the community by controlling contacts. Right. So there was like, I don't, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who said, no, I'm not going to do that. But my boyfriend and I were both like, yeah, I want to know if I were, I was near someone who would like that. And I, I would want to help out if I could. And I, like I said, I mean, it's not like the government couldn't do malicious things and maybe they are, but for me, I, I haven't seen anything. And I have a trust in my government that I feel like as a citizen here, this is, this is kind of my perspective. I said, um, there are a lot of people in other countries who are saying, I don't want to wear a mask. It's my right. And I right. said, and I that's think, kind of what's going on here yeah, with that, with think, that rally thing. That I was oh, the freedom about. thing. And, yeah. and I was talking to my mother about this and I said, sure. Okay. You don't want to wear a mask. That's your right. Then you are not allowed the rights of the community. You don't want to protect the community. Then you can't relish in the, in the, provisions that the community provides like you can't have any of the grocery stores you can't have any of the healthcare, you can't have any of the gas stations and any of the public transportation because that is a part of the community you can't say one thing like i don't want to do this i don't want to play like i don't want to follow the rules of the game but i still want to play the game i still want the benefits you can't do both and for right. taiwanese i find mostly they're like well, I still want to be a part of this society, so mm -hmm. I'm going to follow the rules. I think it's really um, narcissistic or arrogant to say, I want all the benefits of the society, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to yeah. follow the societal rules or protect the society as a whole. Yeah, I want, all, I, you know, I want my cake and eat it too. I want yeah, to do right? whatever I want to do uh, and still get all the benefits too and not follow yeah. the social norms. Yeah. Well, it's and interesting. I feel, oh, it's unfair. No, go well, ahead. Well, and again, that's what this 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 rally was for is like, you know, we don't need to wear a mask. And and they're very much of the mindset of like, oh, the government's watching us and stuff. And it's like, you know, the government, uh, what are they getting from watching you? Yeah. You know, I mean, this that's kind of watches way too much Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, what do they, what do they get from watching us? And, but the interesting thing is, is I go to the supermarket and I wear my mask, mm -hmm. right? And I wear it more as like a respect thing, but then you go to the gym, yeah, like where I work out, there's nobody's yeah. wearing a mask. And it's like, right. it's so kind of arbitrary. Like yeah. what is, what is like, let's just have some consistency here. Right. Yeah. My boyfriend actually asked me that question last night. So last night we went to a food festival and in a, a really big park in the middle of our province. So our province is called um, Taichung, our city. Um, and so uh, my boyfriend said, like, did you bring your mask? And I said, yeah, it's in my pocket. And he's like, when do you decide when to wear a mask and when not to wear a mask? Because he's like, you don't always wear a mask. I said, 
I wear a mask if I'm in crowds. I wear a mask if I'm like in close proximity to other people. I wear a mask if I'm around children because I don't trust them to be hygienic. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, as a yeah. teacher, as a teacher, I I'm wear like, them all day. I pull the mask down, finger up the nose. Yeah. Oh, now I'm touching my paper. And I'm like, no, oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> I wear them in hospitals and I wear them in any public buildings. So I just said, if I'm like walking in the park with my boyfriend and there's no one really that close yeah. to us, then we don't wear it because it's just us and we're in yeah, the outside. same bubble. Yeah. yeah. And, but even outside, like when we went to this festival last night, it was very crowded. We're like kind of bumping up against people and stuff like that. And so we wore a mask. And when we got food, we went to the side where there wasn't really people and kind of sat down. And then we took our masks off because we weren't close to people then. So even though I'm not really worried about getting COVID in Taiwan, I still think it's good to have good habits of wearing the mask because if we do go into, we've had a few scares and been very lucky. We had like a, a Navy ship, one of our like Navy ships went to, I think like the Philippines or something. And then they had an outbreak on the ship. And when they oh. came back to Taiwan, they were told it was just the flu. So then when they came back right. to Taiwan, they docked in our city and they were kind of like all around visiting and stuff like that. And then it was confirmed that they had it. And there was this huge worry that it was going to be like, that was it. That was, that's, we lost it. And mm. we didn't. And that was because all of them wore masks and everyone else was wearing masks. And so there was no spread. And I mean, maybe technically there could have been spread, but people in Taiwan are very pro healthcare in the yeah. sense that they're like, oh, I coughed once. I better go to the doctor. So people go to the doctor like way more than I would ever go. To. Like me, I jumped out of a tree when I was like a few years ago with friends. I was climbing the tree and I jumped out and I rolled my ankle. And I was like, oh, it really hurts. And they were like, you should go to the doctor. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to ice it. Walk you know? it out. I mean, yeah. yeah, walk it off. I mean, right. that's a very Canadian thing. I'm like, unless I'm dying, I don't want to like inconvenience anyone right? right and i found out like years later they did like kind of like a sonogram and they're like oh you snapped a ligament <laughs> and and i was like oh can we repair it they're like well it's long gone now that was like two years ago like it's gone and so my friends were like why did you go see the doctor i'm like well i thought he was just going to tell me to ice it so i just took out the middleman i just iced it <laughs> myself <laughs> well so this this no this covid thing i mean again i'm not i, I I, I, yeah. I've, I'm of an open mind, but is yeah. it, is it super deadly? Like, mm, or is it, I is mean, it, like is said, it just that we don't want to overburden the medical system? Like, the, I I'm, think it's I'm, a whole combination. Yeah. I think it's, it's a lot of things. I think it's someone uh, I, I saw online the other day, they were saying, Oh, someone said uh, in America, it's only 200,000 dead. Or people say, oh, yeah, but, you know, more people die from the flu. But I think people are forgetting, like, these are people, right? I mean, yes, yeah, that's it's a, not just a number. Yeah. yeah, I know it's th those numbers are people and they yeah. have families and, and, you know, like how many children are left in the wake without parents. And yes, there are other statistics of deaths like car accidents and heart attacks and things. Mm -hmm. But this could have been a death that didn't happen. Preventable. It's a preventable. Yeah, death. yeah, it could have been. Yeah you know, that, that dad that died at 40 could have lived to be 80. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not like, oh, if he's not this statistic, he's that statistic. Like they could have just not died. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's still 200,000 deaths that could have been avoided. And I think, you know, part of it is the healthcare system, you know, not wanting to be overwhelmed because when they're overwhelmed, 
they can't help. And then they also, there's higher spread because there's people coming in and they can't get help and then they're getting sent away and then it's spreading in the community and that affects the numbers and the numbers go up. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's also that you don't know how it's going to affect your body. Right. Um, here's an example. I'm quite healthy. I mean, I eat well, I exercise, I'm, I don't smoke, I drink on very rare occasions. In all intents and purposes, I'm very healthy. And a few years ago, I went back to Canada to visit family and I got norovirus. And it, it really like totally took me out. Right. My whole trip was just me like dead. I was like in bed vomiting. I was on the toilet. I, I had no energy. I just, I don't really even remember that much from that trip because I just was so sick. How did you get Norwalk virus? The norovirus. Nora Nora. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, because what had happened is um, my, my niece got it, I think from... Um, from like playgroup or something like that. And then her mom Mutated. dropped, no, she, my niece got it. And then yeah. we were babysitting my niece while her mom was at work. And then the niece gave it to me and my mom. So right. my mom and I are both trying to take care of this sick niece. And she was like, I think like two at the time. And then we were like sick and I, and my mom, it, my niece had it. And then my mom had it. Cause I think my niece had been coming for a few days and then my mom had gotten it. And so then one day when my niece was there and I was also there now, I was having to take care of my niece because my mom was sick with right. it. And then I got it. And it was just, it was, like I said, I'm a healthy person, but that really knocked me out. It really knocked me out real bad. And because of that, I think like, well, what does it take? You don't know actually how healthy your body is. You never see, know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't know how it's going to affect you. And some people- Until you know, you're they, affected. Right. right and and yeah, i mean yeah, why yeah, would yeah. you want to take the risk right like why would you want to like it's, say oh yeah i could i could tend yeah. like put, i'm not gonna know. wear a mask i i don't want to look like a sheep and it's like dude yeah. it's a fucking mask, it's a mask man like right it's a mask and you people just are just they are losing their minds over it I know so much so that they're having on highway one it was like a full-on convoy like they're having a procession like a funeral procession i'm like yeah you know you guys gotta like get a new hobby or some shit right like, that. like and it's interesting because yeah. people are very unwilling to like look at it like look at taiwan every kid wears a mask even babies wear masks yeah. like we make everyone wear masks nobody complains about the mask and we don't have any spread that's just the thing and like that's what None. i said about Problem. that con we that yeah. about that navy vessel that came and docked yeah. we could have had a huge spread we could have had it go out of control but because all the soldiers wore masks and everyone else that they right. interacted with wore masks there was no spread despite them all being most of them i think were yeah. infected with it and walking around yeah. and so i think it is possible to contain but it has to be a mentality of i'm doing it for the society i'm doing it for the community because I am a member of the community and the community is more important than the individual. And that is a very Asian mindset. Going back to what was it called? It was philo. Filial piety. Yeah. yeah filial piety versus this individuality. Right. Yeah. And it's like, dude, it's, it's a mask. Right. Like, well, you saw that in Korea, Korea had like really high numbers for a while. They were like the leaders of COVID cases yes. and they curved it. They curved it so hard. And so if that's possible from people taking precautions, like 
like anything the WHO said, we just ignore them and we did their own thing. The WHO right. is like, you don't need masks. And we're like, wear your mask. And then they and change like, it. They're like, oh, now you need it. Yeah, yeah, now yeah, you yeah, need yeah. a mask. Yeah. And everyone's yeah. like, well, I don't trust you. You said no now. And now you say yes. And right. Taiwan's just like, even if we're wrong, even if masks don't work, I mean, and the slight chance that they do, at least, at least we're doing something. I right. mean, they're not going to make it worse. That's my point. They're yeah, not going to yeah, make yeah. it worse, at least. Yeah. At the very least, they won't make it worse. So right. what's the what's the problem with wearing a mask if it could potentially work? You know, like there's no harm in it. Yeah. In wearing, it's not like a mask suffocates you or the only <sighs> thing you're going to have is a little bit more mouth sweat and a little few more pimples, but the mask covers the pimples anyway. So it's not a big deal. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I just, you know, if I eat food, I got food all over my face. I just put my mask on and I'm, I'm good. Right, right. And when you get food in your teeth, you're like, I don't have any floss. I just put my mask on. Yesterday, I went to the dentist and they do that thing where they put like the pink in your mouth to see where you're not brushing well. And then, so he did that and he's like, okay, you see there's plaque here here and he's like okay you can go home and wash it so he didn't even brush my teeth so i was like because then i got my mask because then i got this like yellow like a pink mouth <laughs> right right yeah it's like oh good mask on my mask <laughs> so so you've been you've been living in taiwan for, mm-hmm. for eight years what yeah. is it that you miss about about home poutine <laughs> oh, I miss poutine. Yes. there are a few canadian restaurants here but they just don't got that cheese curd i think really? the things yeah huh. the things that i miss are very few and far between, I think. I think I've sort of, I was talking to my boyfriend about this actually yesterday. Um, We were talking about what percentage Taiwanese I am and what percentage non-Taiwanese I am. Sure. And In terms uh, of internally, right? Yeah, yeah, internally. Yeah, we say don't look at me because I mean, you could put (laughs) me in a a Taiwanese body that was born in Canada. And, and then see, you know, so we were saying just in my personality and my mannerisms. And he was saying, well, you're still really Canadian because when you enter a restaurant, you still say hello. And when you leave, you still say thank you as you're going out the door. We don't do that. Um, and certain like like he said, like the other day we were in the park and my boyfriend was doing like his uh, at the pull up bar. So I was by myself. Getting jacked. Getting, yeah, getting ripped. Yeah, he's like <laughs> a COVID body right there. And so um. And I was doing some kind of like little little squats. And um, there was this lady and she was doing some stretches and there was all these mosquitoes biting her. And I, I always walk with a little backpack with some necessities. And I said, oh, here, here's some mosquito spray. And then she's like, oh, thank you. And then she's like, so where are you from? And I was like, yeah. no, I just wanted to be nice. <laughs> I just wanted to interview. And so my boyfriend said like, none of us will do that. And I said, I think that's my Canadian side where I mm. see someone is in need and I can help. And then it's like, I don't do anything. I feel kind of selfish, but usually Taiwanese, they really keep to themselves. Like if you go to the grocery store and you go through the checkout, no one is like, hi, how's it going? How are you? Like they, the cashier won't talk to you like that. And you don't talk to the cashier like that. It's just like, boop, 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 boop. Okay. It's this much. Here's my money. Okay. Bye. I've heard, I've heard in some cultures like Canada, we can be quite friendly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll use Scotland and Switzerland. So in Scotland, quite friendly, quite polite, but yep. it can be hard to get to know people. Whereas in Switzerland, and this is all secondary information from somebody yes. who's lived in these places, of course, but Switzerland, hard to get to know people. But once you know someone, you become like, like best long, exactly like long time friends. So hmm. is Taiwan kind of like that in the sense of people are a little bit, they're in their own thing, but once you get to know them, they're like they're very, really good connections. 
they're very loyal to their groups. So it is not, it is not strange to see that a Taiwanese person is still very close with their high school group of friends or their university mm. group of friends. So like my boyfriend's closest group of friends are, he has one really close group and they're from his university and his other cl close group is from his high school. And I will still see like friends, they're like, oh, I'm going to a wedding today. And I'm like, oh, who's wedding? They're like, oh, my elementary school friend. Whoa. And I'm like, you're still friends? And they're like, yeah, we yeah. see each other every once in a while. Like, so I find sometimes if you're not in the same circles as them, it's very hard to like penetrate. It's very hard to make a group of friends because they already have their groups. They have their like their university friends, they have their high school friends, and maybe they have their work friends. And if you just like meet them at the park, it's really hard to kind of be like, hey, can I join your friend circle? Because they're like, you don't, yeah, they're not in these groups. So yeah. you're just friend. <laughs> you're just you. <laughs> like, right. it's hard to make a group of friends, I find, you know, if you don't have like, you're not a part of like a core group that was under some other umbrella. So, but they are nice. Like, I feel Taiwanese people are really nice. I have friends that I made through a friend of, I had a coworker who was Taiwanese and we were really good friends. And then she actually moved to Canada. She moved to Burnaby mm -hmm. and uh, she introduced me to one of her friends. So I wouldn't be so lonely when she left. And so I became really good friends with this girl. And this girl was a part of a group of friends because uh, that around a board game store, it was like, they used to go to the board game store all the time. And a lot of the workers at the board game store were also around their age. And they used to hang out all the time. And now they've all kind of grown up and gotten jobs and married and had kids. But that group of board game friends still hang out. And this girl, she ended up moving to Australia. And so now I'm friends with really close friends with someone else in that group. And that, that group gets together every once in a while. They'll be right. like, oh, the girl from Australia is coming back. Let's all get together and do something. And when they had a wedding, all of the board game people were at one table. So it's I think it's really hard to just meet a random person and join a group. It's easy to make friends with them, but it's hard to like make a group with people. Yes. I think. Okay. So yeah. I guess that's kind of my next question. Um, you've moved to this, to Taiwan from Canada. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get like lonely or homesick or because you, you've even said yourself that Taiwan is home to you now. So, yeah. Um, I think in the first year, Yes. The first mm -hmm. few years. Yes. And I think part of it was because when I first came, um, I ended up dating someone and they were quite controlling and they isolated me. So in, in some sense, I really got to be a part of the culture. I really got to, I was like in the Taiwan world, but I didn't get to make a lot of my own friends. All my friends were made by this person choosing who I could be friends with. And oh. that was very isolating to not have like your own connections. And so one of the things they taught us in our training was that make your home a home. Don't, cause they said like some people they get really depressed around the six to nine month mark because in the beginning it's like, oh, this culture yeah. and this is so fun and new experiences. And then it starts to sit in. Where like, am I? Who is me? Yeah, where am I? Who yeah, am I? Yeah, I'm different. Yeah. Who are my friends? And they said, uh, some people, they, they ch see their apartments. It's just like, um, just a mattress on the floor. Yeah. You need to get and, some Slayer posters. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so <laughs> that was one of the big things that I was told was to make your home, your oasis. Right. 
make it your home. And so I got like, do you guys have 3M stickers? They're like the stickers that can go on the wall without ruining the paint. Probably. So I, it's like they're <laughs> Velcro. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So I put one on the back of like an Ikea picture frame and then one on the wall. And then, so I have like a mosaic oh, behind yeah, me. Yeah. There's like a mosaic of photos and they've got my Canadian friends and my Taiwanese right. friends and, and my boyfriend and I. And so, and every once in a while, cause I have them on Velcro, I'll take them off and I'll, I'll change the photos. Oh I'll yeah, the yeah, photos. yeah. And so there's a lot of things that I've done to like make, this place like a home like i've added things like this is like a little curtain i don't know if you i can like that yeah, yeah yeah with the birds it's like a little there. it's like a little curtain for the doorway right. into the kitchen and it's it's nice and i have like paintings that i've done that i've put up on the wall and little things that i bought and um i i invested in a nice couch and a nice rug and people will come over because every once in a while my boyfriend and I will host like a, a games night at our apartment and people say oh it's really it's like a home mm. and I have lots of plants I love plants so I said I wanted to feel like when I come home from work that this is my safe place and right. where I can recharge and a lot of people they they feel oh I'm only going to be here for a year so I don't want to buy a lot of things I don't yeah. want to waste money and yeah. so they just live on the bare minimum but then they're like sad all the time mm -hmm. because their house is they, I don't want to buy a mattress. And here the mattresses are very hard. They're very hard to sit on and sleep on. And for our standard, I mean, for Taiwanese, they're fine. But for Western standard, we're used to a softer mattress. Yeah. And so people are not sleeping well because they're like, I don't want to buy a mattress. A mattress is expensive. I don't want to do that. And so they just kind of like. So sleep it like, on the floor or what are they doing? No, well, well, they the apartment will come with a mattress. It will oh, come with a, but a stiff one. Mattress, gotcha. a stiff yeah, yeah, one, yeah. and they don't want to buy a new one, so they just suffer. And then, you know, you're not you kind of go through this point where you're just like, oh, I'm I'm unhappy. I don't want to be here. Like, and so for me, I just really invested in that, and I did get through points where I was really sad, and especially because the foreigner community in in Taiwan is very transient. People will come right. for a few years and then they move. And some people will look at Taiwan as, oh, I'm just going to come for some experience and then I'm going to start my real life back home. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't you have a real life here? Like people are like, I got to go home and like, you know, start my life. And I'm like, start what? Like I'm, I'm living here. Like I, this for me, this is my life. But a lot of people will think this is the fun time. And then you got to go home and make a career and get right. a family and job. And I'm like, you can do those things here. But because of that, people come and people go. So I think I've had about three or four best friends hmm. leave Taiwan in the eight years that I've been here. And you that get really sense. close to someone and yeah. then they leave. And that's, it's really hard. And a lot of, it's funny because I said, like my coworker, who's Taiwanese, who moved to Burnaby, I was like, I'm going to make friends with locals because if I have a local friend, they won't leave me. Yeah. And then she left to Burnaby. And the friend she introduced me to, I was like, okay, I have a really good friend. And she's right. a local too. And she moved to Australia. I'm like, you guys got to yeah. stop leaving. <laughs> like, please, please. Separation <laughs> so, anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And you do get that where you feel like it's, you almost, some people will get really bitter Sorry, I live on a major road. If you can hear all the that's all right, the, yeah, the fire trucks going by. Um, you you feel sometimes people are bitter. They're like, I don't want to get too close because you mm. might you might leave. And so some people just feel like unless that person has stated, I'm here for long term, I'm not leaving. Right. If someone's like, Oh, I'm not really sure what my plans are, I think some people will be like, I'm gonna 
not be too close to you. And that's, <laughs> that's a tough way to live your life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, thinking that people are going to leave and, you know. Like, yeah. Because then it's are you really, really living, right? Yeah. It's, oh. it's like, if you think about it, like maybe back home, you might have someone say, oh, we're moving to Kelowna. And you're like, okay, well, we'll go visit you. But it's not the same as someone's like, oh, I'm moving back to Boston. And right. you're like, I'll see you never. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. never going to Boston probably. <laughs> like, that's so far out of my way from Vancouver. You know, it's just... It's like, it's, it's hard because it's hard to make friends when everyone is like moving right. away. And I think you can feel homesick, but now I don't really get homesick. I feel nostalgic for things, but generally when I go back to Canada, I feel, I feel uncomfortable hmm. and not in the sense that anyone is making me uncomfortable. I just feel, I am so in the gray now that I don't know what is Canadian and I don't know what is Taiwanese. I told my boyfriend this, we were saying that I have learned to assimilate, but I don't remember what is Taiwanese and what is Canadian. So an example is I went back to Canada a few years ago. I think this was about two or three years ago. And I was with my friend and we were at a Denny's and it was quite late at night. And so there wasn't a lot of people in the restaurant. And I, uh, we were looking and then they server came by and they were like, do you, do you know what you want? I said, Oh, we just need a a little bit more time. And so we were looking and then I asked my friend, are you ready to order? And he's like, yeah, I just put my hand up. (laughs) Cause that's what we do in Taiwan. We just, hello. And then my friend like slapped my hand. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, What are you doing? And I was like, well, no, no, we're ready to order. And he's like, you don't do them. They're not a dog. And I was like, I, I didn't say they were a dog. And the You're the second person who said that to me. Yeah. Only in a different country. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, know, I, know. I, I promise people are not dogs. To me. I promise. I don't, I just don't know how to order food. Um, so the person came over, the server came over. My friend is like, I'm sorry. My friend is so rude. Like they, they live in Taiwan. They don't know how to be Canadian anymore. I'm like, I'm really sorry. And I literally had to leave the table and go cry in the bathroom. Wow. Because I was so Like I didn't know I was doing anything wrong because I forgot that I I didn't realize that's a, that's not a Canadian thing. That is a Taiwanese thing. And I forgot because sometimes the lines are so blurred because in Taiwan, we don't have tips. So basically if you want food, if you want service, you just raise your hand and the server comes over and they say, what do you want? And you say, I want this. And they say, okay. And then they leave. And then when they drop the food off, they sometimes just like throw it on the table. They're like, yeah. here you go, here you go. You go. And then Enjoy. they go. And they don't come down. No one's like, how's your food today? Like, mm. how does it taste? How does everyone feel? Like, no one does that. Because like, they don't work on tips, right? There's no right. tips. So it's yeah. just, Australia they have like other things too. to do. They ha- Yeah. And they don't have any, like, they have other things to do. Like, they're busy. So they're, they don't have time to come check on you. Like, right. if you need them, you tell them. And if that's it. That's it. Like, so for me, it's like, we don't snap or like shout, but we'll just like raise our hands. And because I was so used to that, I forgot that that was a Taiwanese thing. So when I went back to Canada, I got in trouble. But putting your hand up, I mean, that's, I used to be a, I used to be a bartender, so server for, for like seven years and people would do that, but it's snapping. That's like, okay, what, like, yeah, I mean, snapping is rude. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's, it's like, not that yeah, bad of a hey, sense, but, hi, but I, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you were with, if you were with my family, we wouldn't be like, what the hell are you doing? We'd be like, yeah. hi, Emily. 
right? <laughs> yeah, because I just totally didn't realize. And like here, and like sarcasm, mm. uh, they, they're not sarcastic here. And so I remember we went to see um, Harry Potter Orchestra. Mm-hmm. You know that, and they they play the movie, and then the orchestra plays all the instrumentals for it. Oh, and he, yeah, and it's like in the theater. I think That's it's in cool. the Orpheum or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, this was like maybe three or four years ago. And okay, so Harry Potter's been out for a long time. Like it's not it's nothing new. Right. And so we went, and I think it was like the third one. So it was like already ten years old at that time. And the the conductor he comes out and he said treat it like a movie. You can talk, you can, you go hoot and holler and stuff like that. Don't feel you have to be quiet the whole time just because we're playing. And I, and so, and, and it's a movie that everyone's seen. They're just kind of going for the new experience of the orchestra. So I was with my friend and. This uh, is, this is at the Orpheum. This is here. The Orpheum. This is in Vancouver yeah, after yeah, yeah. I've gone back to visit. That was like yeah. three years ago. So maybe after I, it had already been five years or six years in Taiwan. And so at the end, the the credits are rolling and a lot of people are leaving and but the orchestra is still playing they're playing all the music from the credits and I kind of turned to my friend and I say oh it's kind of rude people are leaving and the girl in front of me turned around and she's like yeah I know right and I was like yeah like it's rude they're still playing and she's like yeah you shut the fuck up and I was like oh because she was like yeah you're talking so you're being rude and I was like whoa I don't and yeah, because I didn't realize when she was like, yeah, yeah, it is rude. I was thinking like, yeah, it is rude. But she was meaning like, no, you are being rude. But That's awesome. So she thought friend. you're just being a prick back to her. I, I was like, yeah, I mean, there's. Still, I was genuine. I was like, yeah, they're still playing. And then she's like, no, you. And I was like, yeah. oh, and I and I it really bugged me like for like a few days. Like I was really emotional about it because I was like, they said we're allowed to talk and I whispered like I I wasn't being rude but like and I didn't I didn't and my friends like I could have told you she was she was mad at you for whispering but I was like the kid beside us was talking the whole time to his mom like what's going on and chatting to the whole thing like she's just like people were yeah she's a Karen we call those Karens here yeah I've seen online that they call Karen so but for me like I don't pick up on certain things like there's certain. Oh, okay. Here's another thing. Oh, I, I'm very much the same. I, I, it sounds like I do well in Taiwan. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Quite literal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're quite direct. So like, like the thing is when the, like the foreigner, I always feel like it's like, this isn't where's Waldo. Like you don't get a treat or anything for finding me. <laughs> you're like, congratulations. Like, but, um, so something here is like, they're very like blunt. They'll be like, Oh, you got fat. And they're not trying to be rude. They're just trying to be like, I noticed something. Like, yeah. I'm observant, right? If and I so, said that to my wife, I'd be shot. Yeah. She looks great, <laughs> by the way. So yeah, <laughs> I've seen pictures. She's gorgeous. Thank you. Um, yes. Well, they, she would say thank you. I don't know why I'm saying. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. You're like, I, 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 I got her to marry me. So yeah. thanks for <laughs> for my success. Um, so I went back like a few years ago, and um. I said to my dad, um, I said, hey, is my sister pregnant again? And he's like, no, no, she's not pregnant. And, I, and I, he's like, she's just, she's having troubles losing baby weight from the last time. I'm like, well, that's fine. It just means she's just fat. And he's like, you can't say that. And I was yeah. like, I'm fat too. It's, it's okay. I just, 
I was just curious if she's not pregnant, then she's just fat and that, and that's okay. And, yeah. but he was like, like, and he was like, just all stop, like, oh, stop talking, like, stop talking. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't even in the room. Like I was just yeah. talking to him. Like, is she pregnant? No. Okay. She's just fat. Okay. Like, but for him, he was like, how don't, don't say this thing about your sister. And, and, and I was like, it's not, it's okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not shaming her. Like I'm I, fat yeah. too. Like, yeah. You know what? Though? I'm not also not pregnant. There's, <laughs> like, there's something there. I mean, we kind of, we kind of like circle around at least. Yeah. We here. beat around the bush a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I kind of like people that are direct. Yeah. Right? Like they just say it and then they're like, Oh yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. Yeah. But like, yeah, no, I, 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 I do, I do appreciate directness. Yeah. Well, Taiwanese, it's funny because they're direct in some ways like, Oh, you got fat. And, and in other ways, they're not, they very beat around the bush. Like you're like, Hey, we should hang out sometime. And they're like, yeah, sure. And you're like, what about next Wednesday? And they don't actually want to hang out. They're like, Oh, I'm really busy on Wednesday. And you're like, what about Tuesday? And they're like, um, I'm not sure because yeah. my grandma's being really and and it's kind of like my boyfriend's kind of going like they don't want to hang out just yeah like, yeah yeah like yeah. stop like they're just being polite you know what I mean like, but we do we I do that here like well oh, we do that we're here. gonna we're like, be friends all yeah. especially if you're hammered you're well, like <laughs> we're gonna hang out every single day we're gonna be best friends forever and then you wake mm-hmm. up and you're like who the fuck was I talking to well, that's different because you're like intoxicated, but I feel like I sober. Know, yes. We say that all the time. Like, hey, yeah. long time no see. We should hang out sometime. Yeah, we should. Okay, bye. And that's just like a polite thing of saying yeah. like, nice to see you. Yeah, it was great seeing you. Yeah. 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 And then bye-bye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really? I, it's just because we're so busy. Yeah. Know? I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man, like it's just. Well, you have a kid, so you're even busier. Yeah. That, that's why I'm so thankful I was able to do this, right? Like. Yeah. You know, but time is, time is just not on our side. So we have no, to really not. work with time. Yeah. So I guess kind of my last question is, is your future for you, you're here, you're planning on, you know, you're, you're giving a, this sort of dateline timeline mm-hmm. for your boyfriend, lucky guy. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, Hey, you know, uh, wait, wedding here, kid here. Yeah. So eventually you'll move back. But when uh, you move, briefly, yeah, briefly, right? But you see yourself as an immigrant of Taiwan, correct? Yeah, I don't actually really identify as being Canadian. I know I am Canadian, and and yeah. I mean, from my dad, if I say, "Oh, I'm I'm not really Canadian," he's like, "You are Canadian. You're yeah. a citizen. You're Canadian, Taiwan. Yeah, or Taiwanese uh, yeah. Canadian." Yeah, I right? am. I feel kind of like we call it's. I guess it's not a very correct term we say abc and that's not actually for me it's usually for like american born chinese so born chinese gotcha even though you could be like a canadian born taiwanese they would just the term usually is if you're asian but born in a western country they're they're called abcs and i almost feel like uh maybe i'm a cba like yeah (laughs) reverse like because i'm i feel like yes i'm very white looking and I am still white and Caucasian and Canadian in culture in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, I'm definitely not. And when I go back, I actually get a lot of anxiety because I don't know how to interact with people. Like I was in the store and I was looking for band-aids or something. And this random lady was like, oh, I've bought those band-aids before. They're really good. And I was like, who are you? Like, why are you dying? <laughs> like, and, and I know she's being polite, but in that moment, like, I also had to go to like a ICBC to like renew my license. And this guy started like just chatting with me. I'm like, I don't know 
like why are you talking to me and it's just like a canadian thing to like be friendly but because in taiwan it's kind of like you do you and i do me and i only talk to you if we need something you don't really chat with strangers which is kind of sometimes why I feel a little bit annoyed when people are like, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, you're really talking to me because I'm white. Like, I don't see you talking to any random other people. Like, don't treat me differently just because I look different. So, but I definitely do feel more Taiwanese. I only, there are some things where like Taiwanese will do certain things and I go, no, I don't, I don't really understand why you do that or I understand, but I don't agree with it. I wouldn't necessarily do that myself. That's not maybe how I conduct myself. But generally, I feel I relate more to the Taiwanese style of life and the Taiwanese thought process than I do to the Western one. I'm not 100% Taiwanese. I still have my Canadian culture and my Canadian, yeah. yeah, my roots. And I'm still, I try to be very polite and considerate of others. And sometimes that can kind of get you taken advantage of, but not, not often. But I think it's just... I don't feel totally Canadian. And and this is maybe just as a small point. I find that the way that uh, Canadians and a lot of Western culture does relationships is I've realized really passive aggressive and they don't have, they do have it here, but it's not as intense. Mm. I feel like, a, and I saw it a lot when I went home and I saw like maybe arguments in my family and how people reacted or my, yeah, my family's like that too yeah and how my friends maybe interacted mm. with their partners and or when they relayed stories and stuff and i would say oh that's really passive aggressive and we don't really have that here so like when i'm upset with my boyfriend i'll just say i'm upset about this and he's like well i thought you meant this and i'm like well that was a miscommunication i didn't actually mean that I'm sorry. And he's like, I'm sorry too. And I'm not saying that generally, I think Taiwanese just ignore, like if there's a problem, they're like, I'm just going to ignore it. But back home, it'll be like, my, my dog is for... snoring. Oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> uh, we'll say like, um, uh, maybe my dad will say, oh, let's go out for a fancy dinner because Emily's in town. And then maybe my mom will say, oh, so we can afford to go for a fancy dinner when Emily's in town, but not, mm, not just for mm, us. Mm, and I'll be like, Ooh, that's awkward. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, It's like those slight like digs and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that they're always like that. It's just, those are times like you see and, and okay. Like I, I watched like friends recently and I was like, oh yeah, how they interact. It's very like, there's no working towards a solution. It's just like, I'm going to try and hurt you and you're going to, I hope you figure it out. Yeah. And there's, Yeah. yeah, I was talking to someone recently, uh, um, a foreigner. And they were like, oh, I'm mad at my boyfriend. And I was like, oh, what about? And they're like, they did this. And I'm like, oh, did you tell them? No, they know. I'm like, are you sure? Like, why don't you just tell them? No, 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 they know. And I was like, but if you tell them, then they for sure know. And then if they don't do anything, then you can at least have that. You know, you have that kind of upper hand because you can be like, I told you. So then that's you not listening. But you leave a gray area by not telling them you're upset. And then they're like, well, I didn't know. And then you're just, that's a good point. Right. Like I always directly, I always, I always have to like, you know, cover my bases. Like, I'm like, if I'm upset, I'm going to tell you I'm upset and why I'm upset. And I always tell my boyfriend, like we, it's us versus the problem. It's you and me as a team versus whatever is causing an issue right now. It's not you versus me. There's no winning or losing in a relationship. If someone loses, you both lose. 
if someone wins, you both win. Like, you know what I mean? Like we win against a problem or we both lose against the problem. That is, that is very much, uh, effective. That's, that's constructive problem solving skills. Yeah. Right. Like for me, yeah, I, I always feel like it's good to talk about our problems, but we also have to end with a solution mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that the solution will work. It's something we're going to try. And, and if not, then we regroup. Cause we're, we're, it's like, we're on a road trip and we're both in the same car. If the car breaks down, it affects both of us. It doesn't, it's not like I can just go with my half of the car and you stay behind. Right. right. So, but I do find like, if you watch, if you go back and watch sitcoms or rom-coms and watch how people interact, there's a lot of like cheap shots of and course. sarcastic comments. And they're not meant to be, I mean, they're funny for the watchers, but they're not really funny for the people. And I, it's fun. I think my boyfriend hates it. We'll watch a movie and I'll pause it. And I'm like, this is not a healthy way to do this. They shouldn't be any sense to watch the movie. And I'm like, okay, but if anyone ever did this, like if you, you know, like if you, if anyone ever said you, you can't be friends with your friends or I'm leaving you, that is very unhealthy. Right. And he's like, I know it's unhealthy. Just watch the movie. <laughs> like, I'm like, but to some extent that has been what our education is in, in right? relationships. Like, oh, that's yeah. how it's supposed to be done. Right. Like growing up on yeah. friends. Like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, everybody's got That's a Joey and a Rachel or whatever. Yeah. And I yeah. think too, now, you know, on the Taiwanese side, they didn't necessarily grow up watching Friends. Right. So they watched their shows and how they dealt with things is very different. Mm -hmm. Like I've watched Taiwanese dramas and in their, like, they just kind of bottle things up and then all of a sudden they explode. And <laughs> then like the girl's like, blah, 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 you don't love me. And then the boy's like, mm, and then he kisses her. And I was like, okay, but you're not solving the problem. You're just kissing. Like kissing yeah. doesn't solve problems. You got to This could talk be problematic out. too. Yeah. yeah they, they have their own problematic issues, but they, they're not passive aggressive. It's like they bottle everything up and they explode. Right. And then here it's like passive aggressive, passive aggressive. And so I'm like, everybody can learn and grow. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we, we learn what what isn't effective. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's most important is that, like, we learn from things. So I think, you know, coming back to the Taiwan experience, there's a lot of things that I'll go, oh, I don't know why they do that. And then I'll kind of learn, oh, they do it this way. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I understand. And then there's other, like, I think on a really small note, there's there's a lot of foreigners that come here and they come and they just make friends with other foreigners and they stay in the foreign bubble. They go mm. to restaurants that only have English. They don't learn Chinese except for like a few phrases and they just stay in this bubble. And I think sometimes for me, my perspective is that's a little selfish. And it's well, a you're not getting the experience, arrogant. right? Well, you're also moving yeah. into someone else's country yeah. and refusing to be a part of that country. It's right. not really fair to say like, I want to live in Canada, but I want to live in Canada in Taiwan. So yeah. Taiwan, please make a bubble for me so I can still have my Canada, but your country. Cause it's like, if you want to come here, then you come here. You don't bring your, your country and set up shop. You know what I mean? Which and is, so, uh, and then I, I am thinking here, like when you're a minority that you come to Canada, Mm -hmm. I think it's very important that you have this place that community. you identify with, right? Yeah. Your community, but that mm -hmm. you also, you're right. You, you experience you the you other communities to too. Like, mm -hmm. you know, don't just experience, you move to Canada. Don't just experience, you know, being a white person. I don't even really know right. what that is, <laughs> but like, you know, check out all the other communities, the, the, the Punjabi communities, you know, right. Uh, right? And I think there's that's, nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty. 
to me. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with having a community. There's nothing wrong with that. Like Chinatown and yeah. like they'll say like Little India or Little Japan and stuff. Those are great. And those are a good sense of community. There is a foreign community here and that is awesome. But it's also important that foreigners assimilate yes. in ways where they learn the language, oh. they branch out into where they go, they learn about the culture, they're respectful of festivals and holidays. Like some people will say, oh, there's a, it's a God's birthday and so noisy. I wish they wouldn't be so noisy. And I'm like, right. it's their religion, it's their yeah. culture and they're allowed to celebrate. Would you want all these, you know, immigrants in Canada complaining about all the yeah. Christmas? You need to stop celebrating, exactly. You need to you stop celebrating I mean? Christmas. Yeah, and I think it's important that you learn you learn the culture and you experience what they have here to offer because Taiwan is a really beautiful place. It's a really beautiful country, a lot of culture, and they have a lot of culture that they, you know, from their history of once being Chinese, and they have their own history that they've created from being here, and they have the Aborigines history, and there is a lot of to learn in Taiwan and a lot to see and and a lot of food and stuff you know bubble tea is originated here no and way. so yeah we're the originators of bubble tea though I'm sure other countries will say that they are too and I mean everyone's gonna claim that they are but we I'm using that I'm using that for advertisement you find out where bubble tea comes from so yeah, I hope that's true the original bubble tea is from here yeah well <laughs> I mean we stand firm by that and I mean, other countries have their own version of milk tea and bubble tea. Right. So they, they are probably the originators of their version of it. And so we also like, we have stinky tofu. We're known for um, our beef stew. It's like stinky beef, tofu. Stinky tofu. It's like fermented tofu, fermented oh. and fried tofu. The, the stall that it's made in is very stinky because it's a big vat of fermentation. Right. But it, it, it itself is not stinky, but a lot of people are afraid of it because the stall, when you go to buy it, you're like, oh, this smells terrible. It's like fermentation doesn't stinky. smell great. Yeah. yeah, and it's known as stinky tofu in English and in Chinese. The Chinese is literally stinky tofu. It's tofu. Yeah, so um, they have like a lot of different food. We're known for, like I said, beef noodle soup, which is like a beef brisket that is so slow cooked that it like melts in your mouth and it's like Sounds a delicious. spicy tomato soup with noodles yeah there's just like a lot here in Taiwan is really great and it makes me sad sometimes when I see people come here but they mm. don't experience they don't branch it. out yeah they don't experience it yeah. there's people who have been here 12 years and still don't speak the language and my Chinese is I will, will never say that my Chinese is perfect or that my Chinese I have because Chinese is tonal and I'm not good with tones and mm. I, but I can converse. And I think that is the goal of language as, as an ESL teacher, I never tell my students, your English has to be perfect. I said, the goal of language is communication. And I said, as long as they can understand you and you can understand them, that's all you need. You do not need to have perfect grammar. I said, someone from Scotland can have perfect grammar right. and I can have perfect grammar and still not understand them because of maybe the word choices that they use and maybe their accent and stuff. So I said, there's no right or wrong. It's about communication. So if you know enough to communicate, then you're, that's all you need. You don't have to be perfect at it. Emily, that's, that's a beautiful way to end on uh, just Taiwan and communication. Yeah. And uh, you, you've definitely piqued my interest in visiting when. Uh, Come when, visit. I mean, yeah. when restrictions are off, I mean, yes. we will take you around, no problem. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I'm sure uh, Sophia would love it, you know, and she's. Yeah. 
She'll probably be three when that uh, yeah. opportunity Does she arises. like noodles? We got a lot of noodles. She loves carbs. Oh, well, then she's perfect here. We have, <laughs> and all our bakery, like all our baked goods, I think a lot of people complain about that. Our baked goods are usually sweet. Like even bread is slightly sweet mm. and soft. So, I mean, if she's into sweet carbs, we got them. Wow. Well, hey, thank you so <laughs> much for your time. And because uh, I, I, I looked at the time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think we've been going for like an hour and a half here, which is great because yeah. uh, yeah, time flies good. when you do this, but we'll have to do it again. Yeah, man. I mean, if you get any feedback and people have questions, I can definitely answer them Sounds to the best good. of my knowledge and my own personal experience. Hey, it's, it's, and that's what it's about. It's about your experience. Yeah. So thank, thank you. For having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for your time and yeah. uh, take care. All right. Once again, that was Emily Howell sharing her story and her journey of living here in Canada to moving to Taiwan, living there during this pandemic and so much more. I love what she said about coming back to Canada and just totally forgetting the social norms and that that awkward interaction, I guess embarrassing in her words, uh, interaction, ordering food at the restaurant. Her, her story really makes me think of this idea of getting out of our comfort zone. And it's just such a, such a valuable thing to get out of your comfort zone. And yes, you'll learn and experience different cultures, different countries, different communities, different ways of life, and have new appreciations for people throughout the world, but also, and while maybe not as important, maybe equally important, but also you'll get something internally. You'll get a new perspective. You'll find something new within you. And it's just the greatest educator is being out of your comfort zone. It doesn't even have to be for traveling. It could be for anything. It could be doing something different, learning guitar, whatever it is. But when you get out of your comfort zone, that's when you really start to live. Yes, it can be exhausting. Yes, it can be draining, right? But that's when you really start to live. So ask yourself, you the listener, when was the last time you stepped out of your comfort zone? And how was that? What did you do? And what did you get out of it? I thank you for your time and your listening, listenership, I guess. That's all for today. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.